citizens of the verse somehow another week has gone by and we are still back at it again with another episode of readcast we're your favorite star citizen podcast sponsored by the read organization as a matter of fact we're the only podcast sponsored by the read organization i'm your host today way too geeky and as you might expect after listening to eight other episodes i'm joined today by my shimmering pistol of a co-host Chekhov. say hello Chekhov. Hello, everyone from the uh, mysterious land of Grimax. Not sure how I ended up here, but I am here. You'll all learn how in a, in a few minutes. Uh, we've got a jam-packed episode for you. Put your creepy bear helmets on, hold your Pico plushies close, and let's start the show. Tonight we have a special guest, founder of the Reed Organization and our fearless leader, Techno. Techno, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on board with all of you. Hello. It's great having you. Um, So Techno, why don't you first tell us a little bit about yourself, and then afterwards, it would be great if you just um, tell us a little bit more about what prompted you to form Reed. Sure, absolutely. So um, as was mentioned, my name is Techno. I am the founder of the Reed organization. And a little bit of myself, I do a little background IT work, Uh, nothing too major compared to other people, but um, it's enough to be able to fulfill the role of help desk for a large nonprofit organization. Uh, But I am an avid gamer in the sense that I do enjoy Star Citizen very much. Uh, For the most part, I spent most of my uh, adult life and younger years on the console gaming side of the uh, gaming spectrum. But I was introduced to Star Citizen by a good friend of mine. Uh, he's actually in our org, Infinity Chasm, back in uh, 2017. So I kind of bought the game and I bought a game pack. And from there, kind of just was love at first sight. You know, I was really intrigued by the project uh, and I wanted to learn more and see how I could be more involved with it. So I started looking a little bit deeper into it and see what other areas and venues and avenues I could find of interest. And so I started this kind of like this um, uh, search for an organization. I learned early on that in order for you to be somewhat successful in the Star Citizen universe, you really need to be with an organization that can kind of show you the ropes. And so I tried a few organizations. Uh, They were okay, but they didn't really fulfill my expectations. And, you know, I didn't really think too much of them. Um, I was expecting maybe a little bit more, so I perhaps might have set the uh, bar a little too high. But uh, that being the case, um, after learning how organizations function and tie into Star Citizen, uh, I decided to kind of create my own organization. So just segueing into that second portion of your question there, Geeky, I wanted to start an organization that could adhere and be a part of uh, what Star Citizen has to offer with like-minded people on board. So the organization now is probably going on about two years old, and we have humble beginnings, but um, uh, they haven't been easy. We've had a lot of, a lot of success and uh, events and you know times where things weren't so successful or didn't pan out or go the way you would have expected. But uh, that's to happen, and you you grow from those uh, situations and. You mature, you learn more from them, 
So, um, yeah, you know, the Star Citizen organization that we have now is is Reed, and that's one that I founded. Um, really, it stands as an acronym for what the ethos behind it is all about, having this mature, reputable, and professional organization that is well-respected within the Star Citizen community as is. And um, just to give you a little 411 on that, the Reed acronym uh, really is the phraseology behind what our organization encompasses. Uh, it's research and engineering through exploration and discovery. And so I set out to be able to create this organization that could be able to uh, tune in to all of the in-game mechanics that Star Citizen is offering for us right now and will offer us in the future without being too much of a military-like regimented organization or too much of a uh, pirate-like organization that engages in piracy. So we definitely don't troll. We don't grief other people. Um, we like to kind of do our own thing and, you know, be able to uh, have our success in that fashion when it comes to what our organization is all about. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. Speaking actually of trolling, can you explain to me why I have a second degree trespassing two times? I have to pay fines <laughs> for it. <laughs> Because <laughs> you've been trolling something. <laughs> I, not that I know of. I, uh, I literally just commuted my sentence at um, Glesher. And the first thing that happened, well, we'll talk about that in, in Chekhov's bug report, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, it's, I'm at Everest Harbor now, and I'm like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah, we've got lots of questions. At least I have lots of questions. Yeah. When well, it comes I mean, the... yeah, when it comes to what, Chekhov? Well, like, why, you know, why did we, why did I get a trespassing fine? Why did we get crime stat? First goes to one, then went to two, then went to three. And, and all I'm doing is defending my ship, well, our ship that we were on from Griefers. So, again, yeah. I don't want to kind of uh, sort of get ahead of myself, but, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more detail around that. Chekhov, I think wow. it's a perfect segue into what we want to talk about next, which is um, what have you been up to in the verse this past week? Um, and I think maybe Techno can start, but we did participate in a pretty large scale org event on Sunday. And a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about sort of plays into that. <laughs> so Techno, yeah. Techno, why don't you start? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sunday, we had ourselves uh, another org event out of the many that we've had. And um, this was an interesting one. This was hosted by one of our very own, the Nubkins. And we had the opportunity to be able to engage in the radio silence event. And it was more of like an investigation. We had a, a black team that provided some security for us. We had a blue team that had your... Uh, engineers and your medical personnel on board, your researchers. And then we had a red team. I believe it was the red team that was on a cutty red to yep. provide us with a um, uh, spawnable area close to the locations that we were going. So there was a lot of, a lot of role playing involved. Uh, everybody had a good time. We took a lot of screenshots and videos. I believe Chekhov even did his part with streaming and a few others. But it was quite an impressive event. And I must say, it was so impressive that we actually didn't get to finish it. Um, so there's a part B that's coming real soon, and that's going to be even more exciting from what uh, Nubbies tells us. Yeah, yeah, it should yeah. be it should be really interesting. 
Um, yeah. What now? Uh, what what role were you in that event, um, Techno? So I came in as um, a role player for the engineer group, which was kind of interesting because the way it was laid out was such that if you follow the instructions that uh, were set out beforehand, uh, they actually tell you don't leave your ship until you get the okay and the go-ahead from Black Team. So Black Team was providing that critical, crucial, and all the ever-important uh, security detail for us that we really needed because we were going to try to go into areas that were possibly hostile. And let's face it, with the current uh, event that's going on for the month of October, uh, a lot of folks out there are trigger happy because they want to get their 50 unique kills. And so, you know, the, the black uh, the black team was critical to our operations. What about you, Chekhov? What what was yeah. your role on the? So the uh, same same here. Well, first of all, I want to say that's probably one of the largest events I participated in. And, uh, I mean, we we had twenty plus people on Discord at one time, and it was very well organized. And uh, I think I don't I don't remember seeing this many people. And I was also on the blue team on the Valkyrie where also Techno was, and I was one of the engineers too. And uh, it was just uh, amazing because, you know, it was challenging in the previous patches because we would get, you know, when we get together, then we get a 30K, then we have to assemble again. We, we actually had a pretty good success of, uh, you know, assembling, kind of lining up for Quantum together, meeting up on Walla, you know, and actually going through, you know, a, a pretty significant part of a mission without crashing, without losing players, and that's what made it so so interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was definitely very exciting, and like I said, there were uh, you know when you're doing so many things with so many people, you know, you start uncovering you know little little facts like you know for example uh, you know setting your uh, spawn point on Cutlass Red, right, and then uh, you know about what eight to 10 people said the spawn point and then all of us let's say died on a valkyrie valkyrie got blown up right uh and then everybody's respawning you know and obviously <laughs> you couldn't handle it you know you could you almost were like okay you know i can't get out of bed because it was like one body pile on top of another body on top of another body and it just it wasn't really it, it handled it though i have to say it actually worked it just was with a little bit of delay everybody spawned so that was pretty cool. Yeah, normally was. it's supposed to queue people, yeah. but for some reason that it's probably not a big feature that they've been looking at because, quite frankly, med beds aren't supposed to be mobile spawn centers long term. But yeah, that was that was really interesting. We to to talk a little bit more about that. We had someone who was essentially playing a pirate from our org was doing such a good job evading everyone. He evaded himself right into the Valkyrie and killed, you know, 80% of the team. I, you know, it's funny that you say that I actually, you know, I have the whole footage about three and a half hours of unedited stream on YouTube, which is, a, you know, in our short, uh, show notes. And I'm actually in the process of sort of segmenting everything by the, you know, time time lapse sort of, you know, when it happens. And I was right before we started the podcast. That's exactly what I was on. I found NetMage going right into Valkyrie. And I even remember when it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. 
Yeah, I was part of the defense team, which is not normally the the way that I skew, um, but I was flying a Vanguard uh, sort of covering. Um, not my normal cup of tea, but I, I figured I would give it a shot. It was fun. I liked scouting out the ship on foot. I didn't necessarily love flying a Vanguard. But it was yeah, a great event. Yeah, it was a pretty cool event. I really enjoyed it. I actually, uh, that mobile spawn point on the um, Cutlass Red was pretty, pretty, pretty important. And it was very useful because there were a couple of times where I just either died or got booted out of the game. And I was able to spawn right back in and resume without having to worry too much. This is why I love the Carrick. That's I bring it with me because in case I can't get on the ramp or somehow I fall out of the vessel while it's going into quantum, I could just backspace back in my med bay. Yeah, um, absolutely. Another promotion for the Carrick. What a surprise. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so why don't we talk about what's been going on in the verse? Uh, we had a ton of stuff happen in the past week. Um, so first of all, Again, 3.11 went from PTU now to live. So it's been interesting to see um, them crush a lot of bugs. It's still a little bit buggy, but uh, 3.11 is now live. Techno, what do you think of it so far? So far, I like it. I mean, you got a lot of cool stuff coming out right now that they've been working on for quite a bit. Uh, perhaps one of the nicest things um, is the fact that they released 3.11 with the 100 series from Origin. Um, it's a beautiful ship. It, it, yeah, it's so nice. It just ties in so beautifully. The aesthetics of Origin and, you know, it, it definitely lives up to its name in terms of what this manufacturer is able to create for a, a luxury type of a ship. But uh, 3.11 has a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of tweaks that they make that normally don't always come out in the patch notes. Uh, but now you've got the whole cargo area as an attachment to some of these R&Rs. That's pretty cool. Um, the yeah. fact that now you've got the uh, defense turrets that can fire off the limitations almost completely gone for the green zones and armistices and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot more engaging. And it does put itself in a position where you as the player have to go in knowing very well that something bad can happen to you a lot sooner yep. than expected. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that that fascinates me, I, I mean, we knew that this was going to be a huge change with the green zones. But what, what bothers me about them is I don't think they're working as intended because people are attacking me out of the blue, if I defend myself and kill them, I get a crime stat and end up in prison. I've been to prison twice, twice so far. It's been a week. Yeah, that's exactly for defending my myself. Point. Well, right, right. We <laughs> yeah. were all on the hammerhead, and uh, I thought we were going after the enemy. We were attacked, and I just see my crime stat keeps on increasing, and mm -hmm. we were being shot at. So oh, I'm yeah. all puzzled how that whole system works at this point. Yeah, my crime stat went jumped to three. It didn't even hit one. It just went straight to three. But right. I had to do a character reset, and so I was able to wipe that away. So I don't have a crime stat, which is yeah. good. <laughs> now, uh, explain this to me. So I, I figure, you know what? Shoot me. I end up in jail. So I got shot. I die. 
and then I wake up on Grimax, but but here's something that I've never experienced before. My vision is totally blurry. I'm seeing double, uh, and uh, everything is like these hallucinogenic colors. I don't know. Have you ever experienced that? Or, and I, I don't know what was going on. I can't say I have. Yeah, that was really no, odd. Was... I haven't experienced that, but if I could just ask, are you wearing some sort of a pair of sunglasses or something underneath your helmet? <laughs> no, it was exactly... Well, I'm, actually, I'm with Techno right now on Grimax. We're looking at each other. I'm wearing exactly the outfit that I was wearing when I woke up in bed. There's no sunglasses. There's nothing. And right now, it's perfectly fine. But when I got here yesterday... Everything was extremely, extremely blurry. Like, you, you know the state that you're in when you're really dehydrated, you have no water? Like, oh, yeah. Down to nothing? That's that's how it was. So It might know. have gotten stuck in that state for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, well, I just reported the bug of the week then. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we've got more for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... The other thing is, obviously, we didn't have another Inside Star Citizen. This is the last week was the first of a three-week hiatus. We won't have one this week. Um, but we did have an SC Live. And this week, it was kind of interesting. It was about the 2950 Imperator election. So it had the lore team, the writers and everyone talking about the different candidates and sort of you know, what their ethos is, talking about the process. You know, they've been developing this for well over a year. Um, because if, if you don't know by now, we can vote for one of the top imperators. Um, did did anyone catch that episode at all? Mm, yeah, I, I did. I got to see it. And um, there's a section there on the comms uh, transmission area there yeah. where they – allow you to go in and read the profiles of all those candidates and then cast your vote for each one. Yep. So definitely science is the way that's I, I voted the same way. Um, There's something about well, Addison and, you know, her yep. not being affiliated with any other prior parties that made it that much more intriguing. And, you know, there was probably one aspect of it that really stood out the most for me was this whole synth world. And yeah. I looked into that on the Galactopedia and it's basically this like, man-made world so she's all for it you know she wants to dedicate resources and financials to seeing its success go all the way through and ensure that jobs are created for other people yeah interesting um definitely very interesting and then um check off the well i we'll talk about it in a second actually because it sort of plays into the weekend activities um you know we celebrated star citizens eighth birthday this weekend um, normally it would have been a citizen con. It would have been in LA. I would have been there. It would have been amazing. Um, but unfortunately because of COVID, you know, it was scaled back quite a bit. That being said, there were still some activities. So, um, we saw a few things. First of all, every citizen was awarded a goodie pack, including an exclusive undersuit as well as a helmet. I think they look pretty cool. Um, we also had a a Pico plushie decked out in a birthday hat and outfit um, for your ship or your hangar, as well as an exclusive pistol that had uh, iridescent paint, which looks pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I have, I'm sporting yeah. that right now. That's very cool. Yeah. We were also given a one or one empire, not one earth, one empire pistol. 
uh, to commemorate the 300 million in funding, similar to the coin we got last year. Um, so yeah, a little goodie pack. Normally they charge you for a citizen con goodie pack, but this time, you know, they gave it to everybody. I thought that was cool. Um, voting kicked off for the Imperator election. Uh, so, you know, there's that whole article as, as techno mentioned with the, uh, details about the different candidates and their major stances. It also points to all the lore that's been posted across the year. Um, and now you can vote. I believe it's till I'm, I'm pulling this out of nowhere, but I think till the 24th, um, check off. Have you voted yet? No, I haven't. Not that I could say that I would know how. You know, I, I know. I don't spend enough time on, uh, on the, you know, the, what is it called? The, oh, the, the, the lore? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear the subliminal messages. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll make, I'll make my way there. <laughs> it's actually a really good post and if you don't know whoever we choose will shape the lore in a major way yeah so there's five candidates to choose from and and the the election process is interesting the way that they talked about it it's um it's sort of like anyone who's a citizen now they distinguish citizens from civilians as civilians. anyone who served yeah yes. And I was catching up on those lore videos. Finally, I know the difference. Yeah. So it's anyone who served the government in some way, right? You don't have to necessarily serve in the um, yep. the army or the UEE or whatever. UEE. <laughs> That's the whole system of government. I'm like, whatever it's <laughs> called. The, the UEE Navy. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what I meant to say. But, um, yeah, so... First, you can sort of submit a video and all this stuff, and then a year from a year prior to the election day, they whittle it down to 10, 10 people, and then from there they whittle it down to five, and then you vote on Citizen Day, which was on the tenth. Right. Yep. So, I mean, the votes continue through the twenty fourth, but yeah, it's, it seems pretty interesting. Uh, the reason they keep it so lengthy is because the amount of communication and the distance it takes to send communications is quite lengthy with over a hundred system or about a hundred systems. So, um, not that all of them were in, are in the UEE. So next we got a post about a Halloween celebration, which in, in the verse it's called the day of Vara. It's slightly different sort of, it's like Halloween, but it's different. Um, so first of all, you get, um, there's some in-game helmets that are exclusive. One you can buy on the website. That's the creepy Fieldsbury dark bear helmets, uh, that come in six colors. They're $4 a piece. Uh, and then there's a bundled version. I couldn't find it when looking up, uh, the versions, but you can take a look at those. They're creepy. I have one, um, then the other two, did you get one too, Chekhov? No, I didn't, but I did see yours. Yeah, it's uh, creepy. Even Do if you I have would one? get one, I don't know if I should be wearing it. <laughs> Do you have Not... one, Tech, now? No, I don't. I didn't, I didn't pick that. Stick, yeah. You know, you know what? They're a little goofy. Yeah. I know. I shouldn't be wearing that at my age. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be wearing it at my age, but it's That's still creepy. True. Um, oh, speaking of helmets, uh, uh, oh, let's ahead. not forget to talk about the Benny Ange 
walk, the the walk across the asteroid. I remember yeah. that. Do you yeah, remember so... when, when you shot me or I shot you or <laughs> something happened there? I'm trying to remember what. I shot at you. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's correct. As I was running around the hedge. That's it. You shot at my ship, though, so. That's true. But I shot with a tiny little rifle. And I think you you sent a missile at me or something like that. I didn't send a missile. I couldn't lock you, Chekhov. No. Uh-oh. I have um, a problem. What? Now, coming out of Grimax and the Gladius, and I already have a lock on me. I didn't even make it out of the hangar. <laughs> I mean, that... that... That's pretty common at Grimhax, but they must have. I didn't realize Grimhax was a green zone, though. Oh, uh, looks like it. Well, we'll I find out in so. a second. Um, so then the other helmets, Chekhov mentioned one, which is essentially what they're called the Horror Hill helmet. It's inspired by the serial killer in game, uh, Neville Lott. If you want to learn more about him, there's a whole Galactopedia post about him. Um, but you can get that by visiting Benny Henge and walking around, uh, as well as a snarling Van Duel helmet. And this is the thing that we we sort of referenced and that Chekhov's going through right now. Um, to get that helmet, you need to be piloting either a Gladius or a Glaive, and you need to kill 50 unique players. So Chekhov sitting there, sitting duck, probably mm. about to get killed. Just so someone could get a Vanduul helmet. Um, oh, you know, one of the things that uh, one of our org members was doing was grouping up with people and they were just killing each other in a group to avoid, you know, actually trolling anyone. So it was all consensual death, uh, which sounds <laughs> really creepy. agreed to it. <laughs> yeah, sounds sounds like drinking the Kool-Aid. But, you know, <laughs> what can you say? Um, and then on top of that, there's the uh, ghoulish green paint skin that you can get for the Cutlass, because apparently um, celebrating the Day of Vara includes black and green. Um, green's my favorite color, so I picked up the skin for the Cutlass, and it looks amazing. Yeah, it looked really good on that cutty red with the lights flashing and all that. Okay. Yeah, the mm -hmm. cutty red it looked good on, especially because it had the rescue in green, which looked nice. Yeah. It looks pretty good on the cutty blue, too. I mean, it just looks good. Let's face it, uh, which also <laughs> excites me. It excites me for the IAE skins that we're going to get for the top four um, because they've gotten their paint so much more interesting in the past you know, year that I think we're going to get some really good skins compared to last year's. Yeah, I'm excited for so, that. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's almost a little more than a month away, so that'll be great. We'll probably have an org event for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we were also treated to a birthday AMA with, that means ask me anything, um, top voted questions that weren't asking for timelines were answered by either Chris Roberts, Todd Pappy, or Tony Z. Um, some interesting stuff came out of that, uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, we had a letter from the chairman and uh, last but not least, we got two videos about Squadron 42. The first was an intro to the Squadron 42 video um, where they discussed, cool. you know, yeah, they talked a little bit about like how they're communicating and 
talking about the roadmap, especially they've been talking about the roadmap a lot in some of these communications. Um, but then they had what's called the, um, it's called the briefing room, which they're going to have quarterly. And this episode talked about the Aceto comm station and gave us a detailed look at it and sort of, they're trying to like not spoil the game, but they want to show us some substance uh, as well as NPC conversation interrupts. Um, the one thing it was missing that they said is going to be in the rest of the videos is more of like a large sprint report, sort of like the, you know, the um, monthly reports that they have, or sort of like the sprint report that you see on ISC. So the next one we can expect in a quarter, we'll have that. So techno, I'm curious to know what of of that list did you check out? I mean, we already talked about the the helmets and some of the other stuff, but did you happen to see any other content or your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, not sure if this was maybe alluded to or mentioned earlier, but I know it's a simple adjustment, but the UI when you first log into the game has been simplified tremendously, and sometimes keeping it simple is just better. Uh, the fact that you can see your friends list and you can see the invitations, you can hide them, you can clear the content out of it. I think the way that they, they did all that for 3.11 was pretty amazing. Uh, it's a lot more simpler, easier to use. I just enjoy the selection now. Of, you know, you can pick where you want to spawn at, what location you want to go to. Um, and if you want to just go to your hangers. And now if you select your hangers, they show you pictures of each one so you can see what the hangers look yeah. like before you spawn into one. So that's it's a simple it's a tweak, lot better for new, but players. it's a lot better. Yeah, definitely. I really enjoy that. That the was one a thing, cool little uh, The one thing I noticed about that. Yeah. The one thing I noticed about that UI. It no longer prompts you with a message to recover. But what it does instead is it automatically recovers you. Right. Did anyone notice that at all from crashing since since three eleven launched? Well, yeah, I yeah, noticed a, it. Yeah, a couple of. Uh, well, I know I still had the. You know, it went to the white message screen, then it went to the black mm -hmm. screen, and then it brought me back to the you know the red. Would you like to? So that looked the same, but typically I would end up somewhere else. But this time I actually ended up right where I crashed for a change. You know, so that's mm -hmm. why yep. the screens were the same, but I, but it did what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And I didn't have to check off like a button. I just had to join the universe and it was, I tried to join on a friend who was right, in the same right. instance and it just rejoined me in the spot. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, um, I agree. So, and and, and my, my first, my first impression was, oh my God, this is horrible because you know how you, you were able to before spam the join the party button, click, click, click. Mm -hmm. Now it's a little different. Now you have to find the team leader. and You right-click and you say join. So at first it seemed like, oh, my God, now it's going to take forever. But not really because I think it actually became accurate because before when it said 49 out of 50, I could never join. Now when it says 49 yeah. out of 50, it's actually accurate and I'm able to join. Yeah, so, and, and a little join your leader button shows up when there's room on the server. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that was a nice addition. If you get kicked out, you just click join leader and you get put right back into oh, the server I didn't with see your that. team. I yeah, so if there's 49 people, if you see the group, the um, party window, 
there'll be a little button that says join on later. Hmm. But it only only shows up if there's under 50 people in the server. If there's 50 people, it won't show up. So you can't spam it, but you'll know that you'll actually get it when it shows up. So it's it's a little nuanced, but it it works well. Uh, what about you, Chekhov? Anything anything about this weekend's activities? Uh, well, as a you know, another comment on three eleven as a whole, which I don't know if we talked about much, but I think this is huge. Also, the the, the inventory improvement, right? Mm-hmm. The inventory storage and the windows, and uh, I wasn't able to experiment with all of them, but just the ability to move between torso legs, and I believe is is the rock enabled now, or is it just the yeah. body? At this, it is right. Okay. No, yeah. the rock the rock should work as well. Yeah, I haven't tried that because I'm still trying to figure out where to buy the rock in game. <laughs> Supposedly it's available. I went looking somewhere. for you on area 18. It's not there. Wow, that is okay. I gotta search the YouTube. For I'm this. guessing it's Lor. I'm guessing Loraville. Yeah, because it's not Levski, so it's not area 18. Well, good. So I know where it's not. So now I just gotta go. They don't sell ships on Microtech. Oh, you know something? I think it's, it's Loraville. No, it's not Loraville. I checked Loraville. So Clue, Clue checked uh, Levski. You checked Area 18. And I, so what's left? Microtech. Yeah, but they don't sell ships on Microtech. But this is not a ship. It's a vehicle. They don't sell. Uh, where are you going to buy a vehicle? That's true. Wow, this is really strange. Well, now we have to validate that. Yeah. Well, this is another thing we have to do for the next week's podcast. In search I mean, of I'm go, <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. I'm going to go fly to, I think it's in, I think it would be in Lorville. Yeah, speaking of flying, I'm back in my um, Primestat 3, so (laughs) I'm not sure what happened. You need a chip for sure. Is that Microtech? That's Grimhex. They had a bunch of them here. Yeah, Grimhex. Oh, shoot. I just left Grimhex. Sorry, I'm coming back. Yeah, they, you know, um, it's right... I can't even describe this. It's oh, sort of like the... Okay. So now it makes sense. So they killed me. That's why I landed on Grimhex, so I can go get the chip. So you die on Grimhex. If you die as someone with a crime stat, but you're killed by someone who isn't someone with a crime stat or a pirate or someone like an aggressor, but not someone who's law enforcement or you know without a crime stat... Then you end up in Grimhex instead of in, um, you know, instead prison. Of the jail. So, yeah. So, and then in Grimhex, you can get a key. Um, Got it. In quite a few different, like in one place. I can't remember. Can't remember how to get. I could show you how to get there, but I can't tell you how to get there. All right. We'll uh, I'll tell you what, Chekhov. I'm going to go there because I'm still here at Grimhex. Just go to my waypoint. Oh, okay, so I'm going to return there. I was just fully oh, on yellow. Um, yeah, so that that was that was kind of interesting. There's a few things that I found really enlightening about this weekend. And quite frankly, if you haven't done so, read the letter from the chairman. Read the AMA post. The AMA post has so much stuff particularly from Tony Z. I mean, Todd Pappy, Tony Z, and Chris. It's like the holy trinity of Star Citizen. 
So yeah. <laughs> you get a lot of you get a lot of insight from from that group. Um, a few things that I found interesting from that from the AMA alone. One, we're going to be seeing a calling all devs really soon about death of a spaceman. So my guess will be um, we'll get if there's any revisions to what they originally posted about that, we'll learn about those. But I think actually we're going to learn more about med gameplay um, from that because that plays into death of a spaceman, if you really think about it. Um, so that was one I'm thing excited. that really excited me. Uh, I'm excited Todd as Pappy. well for medical gameplay. That's going to be awesome. Oh, I just can't wait for anything, anything more fleshed out. Um, they talk about how they're going to f- further flesh out cargo hauling, um, uh, piracy, as well as bounty hunting. So if you think about that, it's like sort of a, a three-way triangle of balance. Um, and I think that's going to be coming, you know, within the next couple patches. Really. Um, Todd Pappy also talked about uh, some of the the server blades uh, that you'll be able to use on your ship. So you know, there's quite a wide variety. Granted, they were they didn't seem necessarily a hundred percent fleshed out yet, but a few examples that I thought could be interesting is um, just thinking through it. One is like a server blade for a criminal database for bounty hunters, right? So it would provide a list of known criminals or unlawful activity. um, And then the ability to accept bounties, track them down, bring them to justice. And similarly for a pirate, there might be a hit list. So someone in a different pirate org that, that needs to die or maybe a high value person who you need to go after and steal some of their property as well as, my favorite thing, enhanced uh, route navigation. So, you know, you're talking about trade and exploration. Um, Essentially, in this case, it would be really detailed star map and navigation options. So you'll even know, like, what are dangerous routes. Um, You can pick routes based on different factors like speed or safety or just avoiding different areas. Um, And then last but not least, Tony Z talked about dynamic events right so the first example of a dynamic event that we all got to see that was actually sort of not it wasn't server meshing but it was sort of like a weird pilot of um quantum in a way was when we saw fleet week um the different ships moving from station to station um those types of things they're calling dynamic events and Tony hinted at seeing more of those. So we're, we're in line for some more dynamic events in the future. And then in Chris's letter from the chairman, uh, there were a few things. I was oddly um, excited about the fact that Chris mentioned that Microtech's going to be host to um, the International Aerospace Expo this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Ooh. just because I love Microtech. Um but also he talked about the grumblings in pyro. So I think what you're what you're thinking what we're hearing about there is potentially the next dynamic events because we've been teased this whole like oh what happened? Sorry, my ship must have clipped the station that I was leaving. Um 
anyway, they were talking about the rumblings in Pyro. And, you know, we've been teased about this whole Xeno threat thing for quite some time now. And it looks like maybe that might be some dynamic events that we'll get in the near future. I'm guessing close to IAE if he mentioned those. Uh, So I thought those were all interesting. Um, Yeah. Any other comments on some of the things that came up this weekend? I mean, the helmets are cool. Hopefully I can get my Benny Henge one, but I haven't been assigned it yet. So I'm guessing I have to go back. Oh, well, Corral, well, maybe we could do this after the party. Did anyone, did anyone get it assigned? No. Oh, where we all I... did it, right? Techno, were you with us? Website, right? No, I actually wasn't, so I haven't gotten oh. anything. I meant to do it, and um, oh, I guess great. something came Somebody up and I had to pull off. Oh, you had to leave, yeah. Yeah. Well, for some reason, it didn't get assigned to my account. I don't know why. I feel like I have to go back and linger more it is sort of a weird spot where people are trying to attack you because we we got attacked when we went and there was a group of us so we prevailed and then some of us were like defending while others were you know roaming around but i did not get a helmet and supposedly they were supposed to be out today so i'll check back in a minute but i don't think i i think by now they would have been assigned um okay so that leaves us with our next section, Checkoff. Do you know what it is today? The bug of the week? Or you say this every week, Checkoff. It's time for science. So, for science is when we talk about when we do things in the name of science. We experiment, we look to uh, you know, find a phenomenon. Um, in this case... I'm, I'd love to talk about our actual encounter at Benny Henge. So we already sort of talked about it. Um, but before I do that, does anyone have anything they did this week in the name of science? Well, I think pretty much the, the whole event, I mean, everything that we've done there. Yeah, I think yeah. the event definitely triggered my scientific mind. It was very well executed. Yeah. So, 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 Techno, what, what about the event triggered your science mind? Was there a particular thing that we did? A lot of it was role play. So, I'm curious to know, you know, what was it that really like got you thinking about the future of the game? You know, I gotta say, it it came by way of the instructions that we were getting. So, after you hear Black mm-hmm. Team give you the all clear to go into one of the sites, which was a down. Uh, constellation we were able to go in and you know uh, download the data the ship log uh, and then re-upload that into the Valkyrie then there were all the cargo modules that were there and we had somewhat we couldn't interact with them but the idea behind it was you got to pick up all of your IP and bring it back to the Valk with you because it was taken away from you so uh, there were some aspects to it that, you know, were very sciencey in that regard. Um, but yeah. I figured like any scientist working on any type of a new uh, endeavor, there are always going to be explosions involved. And so I had to detonate the ship after <laughs> everybody got off. Unfortunately, the elevator did not work. And so I went with the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. It was a highlight for sure. 
Yeah, I took one for the um, team, you know, went kablooey with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for listeners who aren't part of our org or weren't part of the event, the the thing to note too is um, the way that Nubkins set it up. He actually got a bunch of mission boxes, so he scattered them throughout the ship, um, hoping that we would be able to like claim them and, and put them on our Valkyrie. But either due to the uh, amount of time that it took between uh, the the time he retrieved those boxes and when uh, we actually found them and had to move them, or the fact that they were his missions, it seems like it was because it was his missions, um, no one was able to pick them up. So at the end of the day, he he decided we had to scuttle the ship in order to remove that vital information from other people's hands. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Uh, but it just tells you how, why this game kind of keeps us all coming back for more, because even though we sort of had the mission planned out, but the, you know, one of the more interesting parts is the tur- the twists and turns that it took, right? So we had to spontaneously yeah. adjust, adjust, right? We got attacked. So, and you know, the Val- Valkyrie gets destroyed. So we take the hammerhead out and then we, we take, a, again, that wasn't planned, but we sort of pivoted and start doing something else. And, and still, you know, it was still as a group, you know, and proceeding as we were just kind of uh, adjusting to the, to, to the need of the situation. And that is the coolest yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have to say we're pretty brave in the sense that we take on such narrative um intense missions. You know, because at the end of the day, a 30k could mean a restart or a stop, but we we did luck out. I mean, we had our complications, but um at the end of the day, it was still a very interesting experience. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that, uh, Geeky. There's been other events where you spend over an hour just trying to group up together without the game crashing. Now, this time around, we had a couple of crashes early on, but I would have to say for the most part, it was pretty stable. And again, another one... Uh, uh yet again see which seems to amaze me about 311 i'm on this i'm on grimax in one of these uh you know rooms i forget what it's called but the graphical detail again improved here i mean I, again i'm looking around it's just amazing just simply amazing 311 yeah. improved on shadows and lighting i mean you're seeing stuff that you've never seen before yeah now, um, by the way, the only thing wanted... I'm not seeing is the card that I need to get rid of my crime stat. <laughs> I just pointed to them with my flashlight. They're right yeah, they're here in a the case, top. a glass case. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just keep in um, mind the cheaper, the longer it'll take to crack, the more expensive, the quicker. Yeah, spend more money. I gotcha. Is the answer. But no matter what, you have to pay attention to the terminal. Yeah, right here. So, um, on my way. What I did for science, obviously, we talked about this a little bit, 
but a group of us went for um went to Benny Henge to try and get the um one of those special helmets and uh so we went there we got attacked uh we took out the aggressors uh but at the end of the day you know we didn't end up really uh getting the helmets so i don't know if i didn't linger long enough i don't know if i didn't walk around far enough i walked around i searched the body that was smushed um so i'm gonna have to go back i'll probably try that again tonight but that was my for science awesome um yeah so next up we have uh q a so all the questions this week came from our discord um so the first one comes from mavros he i believe he lives in spain if i'm not mistaken yes Seth Mavros. Yeah, he's out there in yes. Spain. Yes, so he he asks, well, first of all, he says, hey, lovely job, you all. Um, and he's got a question for whoever wants to answer it about mechanics. So he's always thought that exploration comes very close with data trading. Is there any information about how far we are from release of those mechanics? Uh, given that the Mercury is about to be released... Uh, and we also can purchase the Herald in game. He feels as though it might be time for them to speed it up. And he did he did qualify that with naive, I know, but still. Uh, so Techno, what do you think? How far do you think those mechanics are out? You know, CIG surprises us sometimes. Uh, they might be mum about certain things, and next thing you know, they release a patch, and we have a certain mechanic available. Um, but an honest. An honest answer, I still think that some of the mechanics that we're waiting for are still a little bit off. I'd like to see what happens once the iCache is a little bit more fully fledged out and, you know, we can start doing more inventory. Because there's a lot of things that have to rely on each other, iCache, server mm-hmm. meshing, and things like that, for the mechanics to be put into place and for them to work accordingly. So I think maybe we might start seeing something either towards the end of the year or Q1 2021. We should start seeing some sort of an introduction to a certain mechanic or mechanism yeah. or function or something like that. Yeah. I mean, Mike, well, I'll chime in in a second. Uh, check off. What do you think? Well, I think the uh, what we saw is the uh, a little bit of a sign of things to come. If you look mm-hmm. at the Origin 100 series, right, and they were showing us the the, the interac- interactive, uh, you know, switches and you know the HUD and all that. So this is, I guess, I mean, even though it's just a switch, you know, that you're able to toggle up and down, but you know, the next step would be interchangeable components, right, and so on and so forth. So uh, I think you know, steps in the right direction. It's very, very small step in the right direction so if you ask me as far as the timing on this whole thing um yeah we're we're ways away based on what we're seeing uh i would say we're at least a year away on all this stuff yeah i mean it's going to take a while for the mechanics and they even hinted at it this weekend with with really iCache and server meshing being the big barriers to almost everything um but, and, and maybe it's not even just barriers, it's also just focus. 
that what I initially thought, particularly when it comes to um, sort of data running mechanics, originally I thought they might have implemented it with um, the Mercury Star Runner, like a, a tier zero. Um, and now the more I think about it, the more I think that's actually not going to be the case. And the reason being is I was thinking about it initially as, oh, it'll just be another piece of cargo, right? So, oh, it'll be cargo. It won't really matter. It's just cargo's cargo, but you can only store this cargo on, on a Mercury or a, um, a Herald. But the more I thought about it, the more I think I'm wrong. And and the reason being that, sorry, I got really, conf- really distracted by the guy at New Deal with an extremely deep voice, like movie, <laughs> movie announcer voice. Um, anyway, um, so that was my original thought. But now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, well, you know. There's probably a lot more to do with the fact that in order to implement that sort of scenario, they also still have to implement things like, um, you know, actually collecting the data using the dish or like sort of almost like I think about data running almost like spying or stealing data. And I feel like that's the part that they're probably not going to implement. And so I don't think they're going to waste the time to implement data as a cargo. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think maybe we'll start to see it next year. They did they did say that their their three priorities are rounding out bounty hunting, piracy, and you know car, cargo hauling. So whether or not data as cargo is a thing with that is left to be seen. Um, Checkoff, by the way. The um, Grey Crat Rock is available in Lorville at New Deal. It is. Oh, great news. Yes. Thank you. Yep. 172,000 AUEC. Yeah. So let me just, uh, not to interrupt your thought process, but you know me, I always have to have a goal that I grind for. So I I was going to get the, uh, you know, Freelancer Max. But I changed my mind because spending uh, a little time in Valkyrie, I really fell in love with the ship. So the goal is get the rock and use the rock to grind for the Valkyrie. What are you going to carry the rock in, uh, uh, Cuddy? Uh, no, I'm going to go see, from what I understand, it fits in the regular freelancer. And that's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to get the freelancer. I think it does. I think it's a tight fit, but it should work. Yeah. So I'm going to go check that out. If not, then, yeah, then it would be, uh, well, then I'm back to the dilemma. I won't bore. No, if, if it won't fit, then I will help you. We can fly in my Carrick. Oh, that's true. Right. You can there. put it in the Carrick and then just uh, land. And yeah, that's true. Um, All right. Oh, so the next question, I'm forgetting my place here, uh, comes from Georgie. <laughs> So our Grecian friend is back again. Uh, for everybody, he asks, what's your favorite game 
besides Starcraft. Uh, Starcraft. Besides Star Citizen. <laughs> he just said SC, so I replaced it. Um, he said his is Zelda. What about you, Techno? <laughs> yeah, that's a cool one. Um, I gotta say, there was a game that came out for the PlayStation 1. It was a bit of a sleeper. Not a lot of people know about it. But if you ever did play, you knew how amazing it was. It, it was about a, a two and a half D side-scrolling bullet hell game with this ship that had one arm that would carry a weapon. And it was known as Iron Hander. Iron being one hander. Iron uh, is one German. And that was probably my favorite game of all time. Not only were the graphics amazing for its time, the soundtrack was equally as impressive. The gameplay, the mechanics, I like games like that, and it was a console game, mm-hmm. but it was absolutely amazing. Nice. What about you, Chekhov? Well, uh, right now it's really, at the moment, Star Citizen and my racing sims, the race room and Formula One, but those are uh as of now but back in the day uh you know i would say the last of us was one of my favorite console games and um you know and i'm trying to think of the one of the first original steam releases very popular maybe you can remind me uh i just the name popped out of my head uh and i there was like four of them uh it, it was on a Steam platform. All right, anyway, I forgot. Could Sorry. be anything. <laughs> yeah, but it was Steam just has really, everything it was, on it. <laughs> it, it was yeah. it was huge. I mean, this was just like the one with a lot of aliens and all that. But if I remember, I before the podcast is over, I will let you guys know. Oh, let's Great. go to Google. I love, um, as you could probably guess by my subliminal SC mention, I loved StarCraft and StarCraft 2, two of my favorite games ever. Um, And I also really will never get over the beauty that was GoldenEye Nintendo 64. Oh, man, that's a classic. Uh, Some of the best uh, first-person shooter, four-screen, split-screen, Low res graphics, but some of the most fun times I've ever had as a human being. Yeah, I I, I constantly agree. think about buying buying a sixty four at GameStop and getting <laughs> Goldeneye and bringing it home to play with my twin because it was so much fun. That's yeah. awesome. Um, that was a great game. Or it's a classic now. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. It is expensive. That's what's held me back. Um. The second question from Georgie is for Techno, and he asks, what is your vision for the org? How would you hope it will all develop? Wow, that's a good question. I guess I'll break it up into two parts there. So what is my vision for the organization? In its most basic and simplest form, I would like for the Reed organization to become a powerhouse of an organization from a mature, professional professional and reputable standpoint. You know, I'd like us to be measured not by numbers, but rather by quality. And mm-hmm. 
I guess that could maybe sum up that first portion of it in terms of the vision of what I would like the organization to be. You know, it's a, a conglomerate, you could say, of the best of the best in it, like a high quality org. And then when it comes to, I guess, how how would I hope for it to develop? To develop, I would like to see it develop in such a way that as more mechanics and more gameplay loops start being introduced into Star Citizen and there's more activity, more things to do, we would be able to attract um, those like-minded people that really want to go out there and, and do your science, your medical gameplay, your engineering type gameplay, and be able to help the organization grow from that or that perspective more than anything. Awesome. Oh, um, yes. I oh, was, by the way, I just remembered my favorite game was called Half-Life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How could you forget Half-Life? I know, I know. That was, it was, a, it was a pretty great game. Eating of it all, yeah, it was huge. Um, so our final questions, we've got two. It's a two-parter. Uh, come from, as always, Admiral Cody, who's also the person who wrote our theme music. His first question is for Techno. Okay. Um, what are the two essential things a small to beginning org leader should know about running a star citizen community? Wow, that's uh, another twofer, huh? That's <laughs> pretty loaded. But um, I guess I'll break it up in, into its two essential points. So the first essential point I would have to say is take the time to really hash out the details very early on in the process of forming an organization as to what is the purpose of the organization. Uh, what do you want to fulfill? What, what do you want to be dedicated to? And then once you have that answer, you can slowly begin to lay the foundation for what your organization is going to do or perhaps will do into, going into the future. Um, you know, it's, it's a little hard to say right now because we don't have anything definitive that we could kind of just really stick to because so much is still changing within the game and its development. But if we can be able to pinpoint at least one aspect of the game that we want to dedicate to, we can branch out from there. Um, will, will the organization that you're looking to form be dedicated uh, into medical gameplay? Uh, will it be more of a military type org, which is uh, driven by ranks and hierarchy and so forth? Or are you just trying to get together with a group of buddies for cargo hauling or exploration? And throughout the process, make that clear to everyone uh, as they come into the org, what the purpose of the org is, so that this way folks know what the organization is all about, what they're getting themselves into as they join. And then for the second essential point is that after you've taken the time to establish the purpose and the fulfillment uh, of the organization, be consistent. Uh, as an org leader, you're going to spearhead a lot of the activities that your organization is going to be tasked with accomplishing. So you don't want it to be a one-off situation. Uh, you want to be present and accounted for, especially when you have events or you're trying to do some sort of a structuring into the organization so that things kind of just fall into place properly and there's some sort of an organi organization to the organization. And believe it or not, as you do that, you're going to be setting a really good example for the rest of the org members and 
you know, it'll take time, but they'll look up to you and they'll follow your lead when it comes to, you know, what you're trying to accomplish with the org. And folks are going to come on and they're just going to offer themselves willingly to be able to do things. Um, and I have to say that as an org leader in what Reed has become right now, everybody that comprises this organization is to be admirably commended. Um, they've done such a fine job of really helping Reed to grow from that very perspective. And I can't thank them enough for their hard work, their tireless efforts. And of course, you know, uh, there are situations that merit your time, your energy, and your resources in real life, perhaps your, your secular responsibilities and so forth. But so many of us have gone ahead and taken just those few moments that we could otherwise be doing in anything else with anything else, um, and you've dedicated it to doing something for Reed. And, and I'm very thankful for that. So as an org leader, I try to be as consistent and as active as possible, because if I want the organization to grow in a certain way, then I really have to be the model that's being looked at for how it's going to grow and how it's going to expand going into the future. Um, it's kind of interesting because if you're setting a good example for others, they're going to follow that lead and take the time to get to know everyone. Uh, one of the things that we do in the organization is that as new members begin to join, myself and one of our HR members, who can be one of our veteran players, uh, will jump on board with this person and we'll have a three-way so we'll let this person know exactly what the organization is about, what's expected of them, and then what we what they expect of us. So we want that to be a mutual understanding. And this way, you know, you're not being driven by any false expectations. You know exactly what you're getting yourself involved with and you know uh, what your place is going to be starting from the very, very beginning. Uh, we try to be as transparent as possible with the organization. So I, I don't like to, you know, cover things up or uh, be obscure about any type of uh, instruction or directive or anything like that. But you can go on our site and you can read all about us through our history, our manifesto, our charter. And then once you join our discord, we have a set of rules and guidelines that, you know, it's all laid out there for you. So you know exactly what you're getting yourself into prior to that. So I would have to say that Knowing the purpose of what your organization is all about and what it's going to be dedicated to and being consistent and active are probably the two essential factors uh, for a starter uh, organization and a new leader of an organization. Yeah, I think that's 100 percent accurate, especially when, you know, you're trying to if you're embodying that, then the people that you grow to trust start to embody that. And then you don't necessarily have to be a hundred percent on every single thing because you've built a community of people that you trust. Right. And, Absolutely. And if I may add to that. So uh, when you're trying to also attract a mature audience, and when I say mature, it's not really measured by age. It's just uh, measured by you know your, your personality, your EQ, so to say. Uh, so when you do that, I think it's very important. I think, Techno, you hit on that, is that 
you know, your real life does come first. And there should never be that pressure, which sometimes you do feel from other orgs uh, where, you know, you almost feel, you know, guilty by not being able to get involved or, or you get involved and real life happens and you have to cut out or you make a commitment. One thing I have to say and read, you never feel that way. Yes, the, you expect it, people counting on you, but as soon as real life happens, I think everyone understands that, you know, that comes first, you know, so, and, and I think not having that pressure is at least for me personally, and I would think for a lot of mature players, is is extremely beneficial. They don't want to deal with that, uh, you know, especially when you're trying to relax and enjoy yourself. Yeah, that's a great yeah, absolutely. point. Absolutely, absolutely. If I could just add to that, um, geeky, but there there's a really there's a really interesting thing that happens when you know, you've hung on and you've been transparent and you've been active and consistent with the organization from the very, very beginning. And Geeky, you, you kind of touched on this a little bit is that you, you learn to trust one another and, you know, your, your members are going to support you because they're also going to be embodying what the organization is all about, what it's trying to accomplish because they too want to see the success of the organization. And I, I have to say that what's really interesting is I'll, I'll get private messages from some of the other members saying how much they enjoy being with this organization, this, this community. Um, they've even gone as far as to say that it's like a family to them because they enjoy the, the, the people that are here, uh, the level of respect, uh, the maturity level that um, is shown to everyone. And, and again, that's, you know, it's a testament to itself right there uh, for what this organization is doing and what it's going to accomplish. We have a lot more things coming down the pipe. I'm real excited to slowly let everyone know about it. But it's, it's a really, really exciting time for, for us to be in this organization and be supporting the Star Citizen development factor uh, because the folks that are here are driven by that passion. They want to see the project succeed and they want to be with an organization that can roll along with it and be able to grow in that regard. But again, I have to say, you know, a big, a big thank you to everyone who's gone out there and taken of their personal time, energy and efforts to be able to do so much more with the organization. You know, I think about Admiral Cody, you know, he's using his personal time to make an original soundtrack for us. Uh, yourself, Geeky and Chekhov, you guys are using some of your personal time to be able to create a recast podcast and be able to let the world know what we're all about. That's fantastic, and it's commendable. We have so many more streamers. We have guys working on other projects. And you know what's interesting? I never really had to ask, can we do this? It was always someone that sent me a message and say, hey, I noticed that the org could benefit from this, so I started working on this on the side. But what do you think about it? And I'll look at it, and I'll, and I'll say, yeah, sure, go right ahead. You know, Do what you can for us. Uh, make it happen. And they do. They accomplish it. They they start from the beginning and, you know, they let their word be true. And next thing you know, we're able to benefit from their hard work. So it's a mutual arrangement. It's beneficial for everyone and it's enjoyable for everyone. 
Yeah, Definitely. Just, just don't let my wife know. Actually, I looked at the hours. I think I spend more hours with Reed than the family. Secret is safe here. So Admiral Cody again asked a second question, and it's for the group. Uh, and he asks, if you can choose to magically add one fully fleshed out and optimized feature in the game, what would it be? Uh, Techno, what's your answer? What would it be for you? You know, I got to say it's the uh, the star map. Uh, I feel like that's such an inter- integral part of the the gameplay, but yet I could hardly ever use the thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just even detail from it, like... Uh, by the way, I crashed and logged back into our server, and I'm back where I was standing, just so everybody knows. It, so yeah. it keeps working. I don't have to be prompted anymore. Yeah, that's um, very cool. And by the way, I don't yeah. know why I bought the card. My my, I got killed, and my crime stat is gone, and I'm back on Grimax. Again, I don't know how this whole thing works. Maybe someday you'll explain to me with this whole crime stat, but I have no idea. Um, I, I think it's a little borked right now because it was not supposed to give us a crime stat for defending ourselves. Oh, so maybe, maybe that's why I'm not in prison. Okay. That's where, oh, oh, the reason you're not in prison is because whoever killed you has a crime stat. Oh, uh, okay. But my crime stat went away now. Okay. Got it. No, no. Oh, the you don't see a crime stat in Grimhex because you're not in UEE space. Oh, I got So you. once you leave Grimhex, it looks like your crime stat goes up, but really it's showing your crime stat in UEE territory. So if, like, say Pyro was implemented, if okay. you went to a jump point over to Pyro, your crime stat would disappear because, you know, Xenothreat doesn't th- believe you committed a crime based got on it, their parameters. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what about you, Chekhov? What feature um, would you like in the game? Hey, I, you know, I think Techno just took it away. I mean, the most frustrating part for me is also the the, the navigation map. It's extremely uh, frustrating, especially when you're trying to get away from something or get somewhere. But I, I think, uh, you know, Mo- Moby Glass as a whole, I, I think as a whole, it's a lo- loadouts. A glitchy, you know, they could be improved. Armor, mm-hmm. you know, equip and equip. Uh, pretty much everything in the, in in the uh, well, you know, if we want to talk about, but let's talk about the one and only thing that's extremely frustrating and still out there is fueling, refueling, and repair, which is still. To oh, have you day, had issues with it? Oh yeah. Oh, I haven't 100%. had one since three eleven. No. And I've been able to refuel other people's ships, not just my own. No, I had one during the org uh, event. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I haven't had it. Um, For me, I think it would go to a profession. And I think think I'd love to see salvage. A lot of people have been waiting for that. Yeah, and I think the I think the big holdup with salvage is let's face it, salvage is waiting on physicalized components, physicalized damage, and iCash at the end of the day. Right? If if you can't track where a wreck was, there's no real way 
to like create salvage unless you're just creating sort of pseudo salvage missions where it's like come get the black box from this one spaceship or whatever um so i i mean it makes sense why they've delayed it especially without physicalized damage because you're supposed to be able to strip the hull and all those things um but if i could just wave a wand and create something i think salvage would be amazing now that being said i would prefer not necessarily prefer but i would love it if you could wave a wand and salvage was there but also the way for me to be flying a scout ship or a carrick or whatever um to be able to find the you know the derelict the destroyed ship so i guess it's really scanning <laughs> at the right. end of the day <laughs> scanning um, yeah but sure. like robust scanning so all right, so those are all the questions for this week. Um, if you want to submit a question for next week's episode, you can do so one of uh, three different ways. First and foremost, you can send an email to readcastsc at gmail.com. You can go to Readcast's Discord, um, which is in the show notes, and submit in the questions section of the Discord. And last but not least, and one of the easiest ways, is you can actually submit a message through Anchor. Um, in those instances, we'll actually play your lovely voice like we did last week with Nets Mage mimicking some sort of Easternish European accent of some sort. It wasn't Russian, I hope. but um, Yeah, I don't know. It sounded like very, very Eastern to me. Almost yeah. East of Russia. Yeah, so... It sounded very slow and methodical either way. <laughs> um, but uh, those are the three ways. So please don't hesitate to submit questions or comments for that matter. If you want us to read comments on the air, happy to do so as well. Um, so with that, that, that concludes our episode of Readcast. I'm going to leave it to Techno to talk a little bit more about what org you should go to um, if you're looking for... Um, you know, a well-mannered organization. Thank you, Geeky. I got to say, I've really enjoyed my time with the both of you, and uh, I'm proud to have you with our organization and going ahead and doing this readcast. If you enjoyed this readcast... Thank you for joining, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure. Great Great discussions, always. Yeah, if you enjoy this readcast and the the content of the discussion, and you want to be a part of that, and you want to be a part of a community that's enjoyable to be with, amicable, friendly, uh, look no further than Reed. And I've always said, even though Star Citizen is an alpha, Reed is not an alpha. You know, we're growing, we're uh, shining, and and we have a lot of cool things coming down the pipe for people. So if you want to join a really casual organization, you want to be a part of something incredible into the future, please, by all means, stop on by Reed. We'd love to have you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Techno. Um, well, Thank that's for it for me. this week. We look forward to, to seeing, well, you all hearing us apparently uh, next week. So have a, have a great uh, night and we'll catch you in the verse. Goodbye. All, all right. Take care guys. <laughs>